Welcome to our Bay Health Festivals podcast. My name is uh, Philip Ferguson-Jones and I'm a medical illustrator. Thank you very much for sharing the confines of your studio as well, which overlooks Lancaster. And I've got to say it's perfectly set up just for the work you do because it's got lovely natural light mm-hmm. as well. You're not going to get disturbed and concentrate on a, a job which, which is absolutely fascinating. Talk about it in detail, but I'm just curious, how did you get into this line of work when you were at school and when you were kind of growing up? Was this ever on your on your radar? Always an illustrator, always drawing. And in fact, I was um, a children's illustrator. That's what I started out as. And I was painting a mural on uh, someone's wall. And the person who, um, who, was co- who commissioned it, he was a surgeon. And he sat down over a cup of tea and said, can you do a drawing for me? So I said, yeah, sure. So I did the drawing. I thought, this is quite good. And it was of a rhomboid flap. It's just in a book behind you. And um, yeah, he asked me to do another drawing. And then his friends asked me. And I thought, oh, this is quite good. So I found a course. I went on the course and then uh, completed that in 2009. And I've been a professional medical artist ever since. What's the attraction? You say there was something in this, that, that chance conversation, which sounds amazing. It's serendipity that he mentioned and asked you to do that thing at that point. But you know, when, when you were doing it, you said that you know, something kind of lit a candle for you. What, yeah. what, what was it, do you think? I think I've always been interested in like sort of medicine, you know, watching TV, the casualty. Always wanted to be a doctor, but obviously didn't get the grades. Um, so the next best thing was to actually just put your R and anatomy together and I started looking through anatomical textbooks and certainly with the modern day ones they were amazing then I started researching and found Vesalius and I thought these illustrations are amazing so in the end I just thought this is this is I, I was just fascinated as well especially when you're sort of doing an illustration that not a lot of people can do and also it takes me into areas and places and I get to see some amazing stuff and meet some incredible people. Tell us about though from a change from a children's illustrator. I mean that was quite a, yeah. a job. Did you not enjoy that? Was that was that not challenging enough for you? What what, what changed? It was um it was tough. Um it was extremely tough to be a children's illustrator and still is because I still sort of do pictures for the kids. And that's why I got I fell into the murals. But it was just a stroke of luck when this particular surgeon asked me to do these drawings and it was just so fascinating and yeah i imagine from you just very kindly just showed some of your portfolio of work your recent work mm-hmm. as well two things come to mind first of all technology must have changed massively since yeah. you since you started has that been useful but also you know do you still need to have that eye and that curiosity yeah. and, that, and that medical knowledge as well yeah so just as you can see against the wall there that is um it's an ink drawing that was used in a textbook that's a uh, lateral orbital um, osteotomy, and it's the removal of the zygomatic uh, bone. It's around the eye, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the, out- the outer aspect of your eye, and it's just to uh, get a tumour. That was done in pen and ink. Shortly after that, I was introduced to Photoshop, and I started to do things digitally. It's easier to produce. It's not easier to produce. It's just easier to edit, because if I made a mess on that, I'd have to start all over again. On Photoshop, it's just a few steps back or a deletion of the layer. But yeah, digital has transformed the, my career immensely. Can you show us some examples of what you've, yeah. what you've done recently? Just perhaps just talk us through you know, how you come yeah. to do it. Because I imagine because of the fact you can't see everything, can you, as an artist, surely, mm-hmm. you know, when you're sketching something, it's in your mind yeah. or, it's, or it's actually in front of you. 
when it comes to the body, yeah. there's only so much you can see, isn't there? Yeah. Well, obviously, because I uh, studied anatomy and trained in anatomy, um, I have a lot of reference. So just behind you on that table, see that booklet there mm-hmm. with the anatomical head? Yeah. That is, um, that's a dissection. So if you can see, it just looks like it's, it's, it's not really easily to understand because it, it just it's just all meat and stuff, you know, it's just very old. So because of the knowledge that I have, I can actually break that down and form this illustration. So this illustration depicts the muscles of the face, the lower face. Um, this is for a paper, for a, a magazine, and it's in three parts. This is to illustrate the lower section, then we'll do midsection, then upper section. Wow. So as you can see, the upper section is all black and white, yeah. because we don't want to concentrate on that. Mm-hmm. So the bottom bit is all colour. You've got the cheekbones here, you've got, you've got yeah. jowls. Unfortunately, yeah. I think we've all got jowls now at a certain yeah. age, but you know, the colours as well. I mean, it, it is beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it is a skull that's been kind of stripped yeah. away to show the various layers, but it's still art, isn't it? And it's, yeah. To look at, it, it is a piece of art. Yeah, it is. It is, most definitely. Um, again, you know, medical illustrators, we, ha- we are artists. You know, you have to be highly trained in illustration art and also just... Uh, observation. Yeah. As you can see, my knowledge of anatomy, I know that these muscles attach here to the bone. Mm-hmm. Some muscles don't attach. So you won't have to have these areas. And this is what it takes the medical illustrator to do this, mm-hmm. this illustration. Uh, for instance, you know, these particular muscles here, the mentalis, that one attaches to the bone. And we've got serious up here. This one attaches just to the mm. top of the bridge of your nose, bridge isn't it? Your nose. Yeah. Yeah. and then it sort of fans out over the frontalis. Yeah. So again, we have the attachments in white, and as it fans out, there's no attachments. It just it just fibers off into the other muscles, and this is this is the knowledge that a medical illustrator has, and this is why we can put these illustrations together, and pe- for people to understand. And when it comes to how they're used, I guess it's for what medical students, consultants, anybody really yeah. has got an interest in trying to explain graphically, but in a way that also is, is going to inform, isn't it? So yeah. it's a way of perhaps showing people what's underneath the layers, whether it's, a, as I say, somebody starting out as a medical student or somebody at the top of the game. Yeah. I mean, if you look at this other particular illustration, this one it shows the clinical level, which is the outer the skin. And as we can see, this is the orbicularis oculi, the muscle which sits over your, your orbit. And I've illustrated it over the skin, but very loosely. And the benefits of doing this in di- as a digital piece is that I can actually take back that layer yes. and make yeah. it up, you know, drop the opacity and then obviously omit the skin on this side and just bring forward the um, the muscles. You specialise in eyes, don't you? That's, that's your, your yeah. main area of interest. Why is, why is that? Well, strange enough, the, the surgeon who I was painting that mural for it was an oculoplastic surgeon based at Manchester. Right. So together, he well, he actually... I stood behind him for six months looking at the operation, watching the operations and sitting in back at his house doing all the drawings and he basically... He taught me basic knowledge of his skill, his you know his, his job, and we did three volumes together, three books. They're around here. Over time, I've just done the rest of the the body, and then in recent years, I actually met a Max Fax surgeon in Scotland, and I've been working closely with him and his team, and you know it's 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 a great relationship, and um, we've wrote, uh, written a few papers together, and it's it's good fun. I'm guessing because you spent quite a lot of time actually operations as well, that when it comes yeah. to sort of what you've seen as well to, to illustrate it, to, to bring it back to, to, to other people to, to see, you must have quite a, 
I'm going to say a, 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 a tough stomach, shall we say, because yeah. it's not for everyone, is it? Especially, you know, eye operations, seeing things close up, you know, squeamish. You, you can't be, can you, if you're doing your job? No, no. Well, I mean, I did have a great foundation in um, in the labs, in the wet labs, doing the dissections. The first bit of advice given to me uh, was don't wear aftershave or any deodorant because you'll have the association. Uh, so I don't wear deodorant. Oh, I do wear deodorant, but I don't wear uh, aftershave or anything that yeah. might give that association. Mm. But you know, going into theatre, uh, you know, the 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 patients are, are, are alive. Mm. You got to be respectful. It's just amazing to actually be, you mm. know, given the opportunity to observe what they're going through, because these are life changing, you know, operations, yeah. um, and some are remarkable. And so to to sit there. And to observe and to do the drawings, and you know, take those drawings further and put them into publication, it's it's an honour, really. It's it's an amazing. In a way, you're helping others, aren't you? Perhaps follow their the path, aren't you? Perhaps yeah, make yeah. things better for in operations in the future. Spread the word about how operations can be carried out and the kind of things you can come across. Isn't, yeah. Is that how it's worked? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first volume that I did was basically it's you could say it's a cookbook on how to do oculoplastic surgery. So it's lots of surgical sequences. Those illustrations against the wall are three illustrations mm. of something like six. So the first one will should be where the incision is. Uh, second one is how to reflect the skin. And then we get down to the bone and then we take off the periosteum. And then we get to the uh, inner aspect of the orbit. And that, that incision there is the periosteum. And that shape is the shape you have to cut. Uh, this this is what's you know I'm taught by the surgeons, and they tell me what shape and you know you do it in a dotted line to show that's where you, you make the incision, and then the last illustration is closing up. Is there anything you, you haven't been able to capture either for whatever reason it's either been too hard or it's just something that you've not quite got you know you get, got you happy with or is, it, is there everything anything you can do? So I'd, I'd like to say I can do everything. Obviously you can't. Um, but there are things which I find a challenge, and that is anything at a cellular level. So this is the mechanism of action of how a particular drug works. So this is a KMT2 sitting as it's coming in to activate menin. This is a DNA helix chromosome. We've got the ribosomes coming through. This is for an animation. This was just a still to be taken to the animator. This is a conceptual piece. Right. So this is all in my head. So it is actually made up. But saying that, these are actually true. Wow. Yeah. These are actually from the protein database, but they need vamping. And this is where the artistic, uh, the artistic license comes into. So we have to make it look pretty. And that's, that's, that's one of my jobs. That I actually find really tricky. It's a challenge. But as you can see, you know, we do pull through. You're the chairman now, I understand, of the Medical Artists Association. I mean, first of all, congratulations. Oh, thank you. How, how do you get to that position? When I did my course with the Medical Artists Education Trust, when I completed that course, I then become a professional member of the MAA, the Medical Artists Association of Great Britain. And then, you know, over time being in that association, seeing how it works, they 
basically open it up to the members who wants to become member of council and then eventually chairman and it was literally just they voted me in and I was made chairman last year. And when it comes to the association itself, I mean, is it kind of areas that people specialise in? So in, in the group that you represent now, do you have people who are, I don't know, muscle experts or, you know, eye experts? Oh, yeah. how, how does it work? There's so many of us. And we range from, some of us are actually doctors, surgeons, uh, who have a keen interest in illustration. And then we have the professional artists. As you can see, mine is oculoplastics, anything to do with the head. A friend of mine, she's very much interested in bones. Another friend, he is an, he's a, an amazing animator, and he's just developing anatomy of the whole body, which will be used for VR headsets. We've got hand surgeons, who is a surgeon, uh, so who's an artist. Um, so we do all sorts, and we have others who can do the majority of the body you know the rest so I can do I can work from the foot all the way to the head but it just so happens most of my work is either drug related yeah. or oculoplastics which I've got to say are absolutely spellbinding when you look at that face you showed me before and I think also that some of the things you've shown me that, that perhaps you could just uh, share yeah, with sure. us now is the illustration that kind of information um, illustrations you were saying you were in, a, in a, oh, yeah. a certain GPs recently and you actually saw yeah. a piece of your work there how, how, would, how did that feel first so, of all? So this is yeah it's really <laughs> strange because obviously when a client comes to you they say they need some illustrations mm. um, a lot of people are very they don't tell you who you're working for um, so then when they, they give you the logo and you say oh okay that's who it is so obviously walking through A&E one day you know you see a bin <laughs> and on the bin it's how to put a gown on yeah. and how to remove a gown it's mm -hmm. my illustration and I was like oh I never knew it was going to end up here um, again in the GPs how to wash your hands thoroughly just after COVID. I did some drawings and um, that company has obviously sold them on to another company and I see them in my GP surgery. That's a nice feeling, isn't it? Knowing that your work mm. is maybe helping others you know, to make sure they do the right yeah. thing and keep their hands clean or, or whatever. But this is this is one of my favourite jobs, to be honest, is information, patient information. Yeah. So here is how to open a, a catheter uh, for self-insertion. Um um, stoma, we've got how to take the liquid out of a vial, how to put gloves on. It's the sort of stuff that you see on an aeroplane, how to put the, the yeah. vest on. It's just that, I just I just love doing that sort of stuff. And do you find that when you go on a plane or somewhere that you're looking at other people's illustrations uh, yeah. with new eyes yeah. now, it's slightly uh, critical perhaps. This is where <laughs> this idea comes from, is really, you know, it, is, it just, that's where I got the idea from. Yeah. I just basically, this is actually me. I know it's a woman, obviously nobody wants to see my ugly mush. So uh, I stood here with the gown on and I got my daughter to take photographs and it's just a step-by-step -step how to put a gown on, take it off. And I just altered the face and just made it sort of, yeah. you know, as you see. You it's know. changed massively in the time you've been doing this. I mean, where do you see it going then? I mean, we're talking about AI and, mm. you know, do you, do you think that's going to be the future when it comes to sort of your art, you know, the event, perhaps, you know, machines yeah. to an extent may take over? Are you worried about that? Yeah, no, no, not at all, because it's something that we actually drop into. So as you can see, I've done some um, storyboards which were used for VR. So these, so this particular storyboard of just the changing um, osteolo uh, oste osteology, um, the, these were then taken to um, a 3D animator who basically took the knowledge that I have of what happens to 
you know, the bone changes yeah. over age, and the animator then puts it into, you know, the, the 3D software, and then you can visualize that on a VR set, and it teaches surgeons. So it's uh, in sync with, with yeah. the latest technology, isn't it, really? Your, yeah. your, your basic art skills yeah. will, will always be needed yeah. because you're going to need to perhaps tell the computer what to do next, don't mm -hmm. you? Whether, it's, whether it's, it's this or whatever else in the future coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going places. But fundamentally, you're always going to need, you know, a traditional artist and also somebody who has knowledge of the anatomy, you know, of anatomy and physiology, pathology and so on. It's, it's as I say, it's just something that I really enjoy is the drawing. I'm not really into animation or the 3D. I, I do dabble in, you know, the likes of Blender, but I think I'm, I'm a true traditional um, artist, uh, you know, naturally I just love drawing and I must tell the podcast listeners as well that we first met at the Winter Gardens in Morecambe a couple yeah, of years ago when you yeah. and your brother yeah. were producing illustrations like this on the ceiling you've got an yeah. illustration of a Mersey ferry and also yeah. you've done the, the Winter Gardens in Morecambe the Philharmonic Hall in Liverpool yeah. is this light relief when you're not doing medical work it's it's doing posters and an art deco style mm. art as well well do you know it's so in 2012 at the time when my, my daughter was born um, I said no to all the clients and one day I was just sitting there, you know, with, with my daughter, and I started to just do these illustrations, and it's something I loved, and I thought, okay, I'm going to get into this, and I showed my brother, and my brother said, oh yeah, I've been working on some stuff as well, so together we put our head, you know, we got together, and we started to do these posters, and it just sort of accidentally took off, and then, you know, my brother is the sort of the brainchild behind the whole sort of development of the Jones Boys, you know, uh, so together we do these illustrations and you know we we basically sell them online but it's it's literally something that was in the background yeah. you know predominantly but it became quite successful accidentally so bit of light relief <laughs> yeah yeah and i guess this is the final question when it comes to sort of how busy you are i mean demand i suppose you know because it is such a skill to have i guess you you'll always be in demand won't you yeah always sometimes it goes quiet sometimes it goes mega busy but you know that that's the life of a freelance illustrator and i wouldn't change it it's you know you take the kids to school and you pick them up in between hand i'm doing the job that i love can't ask for anything more can we really thank you for downloading our bay health festivals podcast other podcasts are available on our festivals website 